Welcome to the Real Estate Exam Podcast. We have a new series of audio lessons out covering the state of Ohio for the Real Estate Salesperson Exam for the state of Ohio. The total length of this new series of audio lessons is 9 hours and 20 minutes long, and I'm going to be sharing with you a portion of each of those lessons, probably about a quarter to one-third of each of those lessons I'm going to be sharing with you for you to decide if it makes sense for you to buy the full series of audio lessons. The full series of audio lessons are available at the website reexampodcast.com. So after listening to these samples of the lessons, if it makes sense for you, go to the website and purchase the full bundle of audio lessons. So right now we have audio lessons for California, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, Texas, Virginia, and Washington. And we are now working on Arizona. So if you are in one of those states and you're looking for a series of audio lessons, we do have sample lessons available at the website that you can listen to, or you can listen to this podcast and go back in this podcast and listen to the sample lessons for those states. Eventually, we hope to get all 50 states, but that's going to take a while. I need to caution you when you buy audio lessons that you should not rely entirely on audio lessons to prepare you for the real estate exam. Most states require that you actually have classroom attendance in order to take the real estate exam or a certain requirement of education before you can even sit for the exam. These audio lessons are simply intended as a supplement for your learning to let you learn while you're driving, exercising, wandering around, and not being forced to sit at a desk or in a chair and read material or stare at a computer screen. That's the intention of these audio lessons. If they make sense for you, buy the full bundle of lessons. Again, the website is reexampodcast.com. Welcome to this lesson entitled Review Part 2. In this lesson, we will be reviewing another few topics that we learned about in this course. Quiz yourself to see how you're doing and to help yourself know whether or not you have learned what you needed to learn during this course. You might need to go back and review some, part, some parts where you are a little rusty, but this can help you figure out where you might still need to focus. So let's go ahead and get started. My first question is, what is a legal description of a property and when is that going to be required? So a legal description of a property is something that is required for legal documents. It tells you where the property is in such a way that is not likely to change. An address can be tweaked and changed over time. Street names might change and whatnot. But a legal description is more specific than that. It, it holds up better in an official document. It's not just enough to write the address on a legal contract. You also have to have some sort of legal description. My next question is, what are the three methods of legal description that we talked about?
So the three methods we mentioned are the meets and bounds method, the rectangular survey system method, and the lot and block or recorded plat method. Those are all excellent ways to legally describe property. My next question is, what is the meets, what is the meets and bounds method? How does it work? So the meets and bounds method uses landmarks, directions, and angles to define the boundaries of an area. So you're creating a sort of shape. You're tracing around the area and you're using landmarks and angles in order to do that so that you get a good example, a good idea of sort of a fenced off area that you're talking about. That's one thing that can be used. The next is the rectangular survey system. What is the rectangular survey system? So this system is a pretty traditional method that uses natural materials and uses a grid system where you create these sort of imaginary lines on the map and they're set every six miles or so. You have horizontal lines and you have vertical lines which creates these six mile, six square mile grids that um, allow you to describe where property is based on that. So my next question is, what is the lot and block system or the recorded plat system as, it's, as it is also called? So this is a system that you just uses a map where you map out a subdivision. And after you've mapped out the subdivision, you give each one of the lots on there a number. And you say, well, it's subdivision. It's this subdivision with this name. And in that subdivision, it is lot number seven or whatever. So that gives you a, an exact idea of where the property is. This podcast is brought to you by the SIEpodcast.com. The SIEpodcast.com website provides you with audio lessons for you to prepare for the securities industry's essentials examination. If you are selling real estate, there may come a time when you need to get licensed to sell securities. The first step in becoming licensed to sell securities is to pass the first step in becoming licensed is to pass the Securities Industries Essentials Exam. That is the base exam before you can take the other securities exams. And the next exam you would take after passing the Securities Industries Essentials Exam, or just the SIE exam, would be probably the Series 7 exam. But before you can even sit for the Series 7 exam, you need to pass the SIE exam. So if sometime in your career you need to prepare and pass the securities industries examinations, the licensing examinations, check out our podcast. We'll give you some sample lessons there to see if that works for you. And that website is siepodcast.com. The total length, by the way, of those SIE exam lessons is 36 hours and 53 minutes. It's a substantial examination, much more difficult than the real estate examinations. And if you just want to learn about securities so you understand securities, 
it's a very, very, very good audio course for you to study. All right, back to our lesson. My next question is, what are the names in the rectangular survey system for the north-south lines and the east-west lines? What are those known as? So in this case, the north and south lines are known as meridians. And then the east and west lines are known as parallels. So the parallels and meridians together make up the grid. My next question is, what is a township? How is that defined? So a township is that six by six, that six square mile square of land that are created by the meridians and the parallels. And inside that grid is what we think of as the township. So townships are broken down into sections. And so what is that? How is a township broken down into sections? How large are these sections? So these sections are just one square mile in size, and so if you think it's a six square mile township, then each township has six sections within the township. And each of these sections is equal to 640 acres. So my next question is, what are some rights that the government has over land? See if you can name a few of those. So one thing is that the government can use eminent domain to take over property for public use. They have to compensate the original owner, of course, but if they can show that they really do need the land for some sort of public use, such as a road or a municipal building, then they can take the property and use it for their own purposes. And of course they have tax rights over land. Uh, they can cause people to pay property taxes under the threat of having a lien placed on your house so that they could technically take your property and sell it off in order to satisfy the tax debt. So you want to make sure that people understand that as well. My next question is, what is police power? And who holds police power? Police power is, owned, is had by the government, and it is just the power to enforce laws, including those about real estate. So that is what that means. They can use eminent domain, as I originally, as I just said, and they can also enforce laws such as codes, zoning ordinances, environmental ordinances and regulations, and so on and so forth. My next question is, what are some federal laws that impact uh, real estate? So we do have a few there. We have the Clean Water Act. We have the Clean Air Act, the Safe Drinking Water Act the CERCLA Superfund, and lead paint laws about lead paint disclosures. 
Those are also important. My next question is, what are some of the fair housing and consumer protection laws that have been put into place over the years? So in this case, we start all the way back with the Federal Civil Rights Act of 1866, which called for an end of discrimination based upon a person's race. It wasn't terribly well enforced in many cases, unfortunately, but that was the beginning and the foundation of things that would come later. And so it was definitely a good place to start. We have the Federal Fair Housing Act of 1968, which sought to expand protections and help fewer people to be discriminated against. We have the Sherman Antitrust Act of 1890, which was all about breaking up monopolies, where no business can be the only game in town. There has to be competition so that uh, the consumers are not being used by companies and in ways that are detrimental to their financial well-being. We have the Americans with Disabilities Act, which is just an act that says that companies need to provide public accommodations for people with disabilities. Especially, this also expands to housing. And the people who own apartments, apartment complexes, and so on and so forth. For example, if you have an apartment complex, you need to have ways for people who are in a wheelchair in order to access it, such as having an elevator or a ramp or some other ways. The next is the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, meaning that everybody gets a fair shake and lenders are transparent with their requirements. My next question is, what are some restricted practices under the Federal Civil Rights Act and the Federal Fair Housing Act and similar acts. What are some practices that you can get in trouble if you are found doing? So these include discrimination, whereas where you treat people from different groups differently, and you don't base your decisions on their financial merits, but on something else, such as their race or their family status, and so on and so forth. Then we have redlining, which is refusing service to someone or refusing a loan to somebody because they live in an area that is deemed to be financially risky. So you can't do that. You have to look at each individual and not just lump them in with a larger group of people who live in a certain area. And then we also have blockbusting, which is using kind of scare tactics and saying, well, the, I hear this certain group is moving in, and that's going to really affect your property value, so you need to go ahead and move out of here quickly. Things like that. That's known as blockbusting, so that's no good. The next is steering, which is when you try to steer a certain person toward or away from an area based on its racial makeup or some other factor. So trying to get all the people from a certain country to move into a certain area 
that is known as steering, which is nothing, which is something you're not allowed to do. My next question is, what are some government agencies that help out with real estate? There are several of these, and they, some of them have kind of interesting names. See if you can name a few of those. So there's all sorts of these. We have Fannie Mae, or the FNMA, Freddie Mac, the FDIC, the Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation, the Federal Housing Administration, the Federal Land Bank System, the Federal Reserve System, the Government National Mortgage Association, also known as Ginnie Mae, and the Bureau of Land Management. Those are all government organizations. My next question is, what are some of the foundations of real estate value? Thanks for listening. If you like these lessons, if it makes sense for you to buy the full series of the Ohio Salesperson Real Estate Exam audio lessons, the total length of those lessons is 9 hours and 20 minutes in length. There are 20 individual lessons, including three review sessions. The website is reexampodcast.com. Best of luck in your career.